Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people and technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. With us today on the show is Joren Verspild. Joren is an IT consultant, is uh, a full-stack developer uh, with... Uh, Experience in Java, .NET, Angular, among other things. Is this correct, Joren? Yes, uh, that, that's correct. Um, my main specialty uh, is in Java, but I also can do a little programming in .NET Core, uh, Xamarin, Angular, and some other little frameworks. So are these all languages and frameworks that you actually shipped code in? Um, in .NET Core and Angular, I haven't shipped uh, any code yet, um, but it, uh, the company I'm working right now uh, works with Angular and uh, .NET Core. So I started there four days ago. So not, not any of my code in, in that project is, is running in production, uh, but will be soon, I hope. Okay. Well, then let's rewind a little bit. You are uh, a consultant with a company called Excellus. That is correct. Yeah, and um, they place you at uh, different clients. That is also correct. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, just just stop me when it's incorrect. Okay, and um, yeah, currently uh, they you've been placed with a with a new uh, client, um, which is Balois, a um, uh, insurance company. Yes, right? completely correct. Okay, I ten out of ten until now. So, uh, how does that go for you? Like, um, you're uh, switching more often between clients than people on payroll. Is that why you went into IT consulting? Um, no, not really. Um, I, I usually don't start a project um, with the intention of, of leaving it. Um, th that's it. Um, I've been working for three years now. Three years and like five or six months. And I have switched uh, companies three times. So uh, as a consultant, I still work at Excelis, which is uh, my consultancy firm. Um, I've worked two years at Unifly, uh, one year and some months at Hubo. And then this week I started at Balwaza. Um, in general, I, I like to keep working on the same project, um, but sometimes the situation makes it that you uh, cannot keep working there and then you have to find something else so and then working See, at I, I find this weird makes it easy I find to this switch weird. employers you, yes. you're you're a consultant for uh, on payroll with uh, with a larger consulting firm and um, like a freelance consultant you're switching customers more like clients more frequently than, than people in payroll um yet uh you prefer working on projects for a longer time so why don't you just uh go on payroll with with a regular co uh, company then uh well the the vision of excel is uh, in general is to um, place consultants at a certain company and then have them integrate into that company um, within two years what does in, that mean? In this integrate? consultancy track, um, you have uh, some training programs that you can follow and uh, you have some evalu evaluation tracks. 
so that you can grow faster, you can uh, evolve in a, into a better programmer faster. Uh, instead, should you um, work uh, some place, uh, some company as an internal employee? So with in integrating, I mean um, that after two years, uh, someone who is working at Excelis will become an internal employee of uh, the company or the client he is working at. And within Excelis, I, I don't know if you're allowed to discuss these things. Uh, do you see this happening often or do you see more um, like talent like yourself um, um, not integrating after two years and, and moving on? I, I think I, I don't have the, the the numbers with me, but I think like 60 or 70 percent uh, does uh, come on the payroll of the, the company they are uh, placed at. And then uh, the others, they will um, find some other company uh, within our Excelis or will leave Excelis. And then I think again of those 30 percent people, uh, again, 60 to 70 percent will actually uh, go on to the payroll of uh, their client company. Okay, so there's still that significant uh, 30 to 40% that you say on any given iteration will choose, um, I, I don't know if they're unilaterally or bilaterally to uh, continue on to a different project then. Yeah, um, but did, did this can have many um, many possibilities because uh, sometimes people um, leave the company or leave the client because there is no no, no culture match. Um, they leave the client because the um, there are no growth uh, opportunities. Um, they are not allowed to, to advance further into uh, their career at that client. Um, sometimes they just don't like um, the team they're working in or the general environment of the company. Um, there are a lot of reasons people um, do not integrate or do, do not uh, come onto the payroll of their uh, client company. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand uh, the, the positives of working for a consultancy for you. So in a short amount of time, you're allowing yourself to be exposed to um, different companies, different cultures. This gives you a lot of experience that should you go on payroll and you know stick with a certain company for x amount of years you wouldn't have this type of uh, sampling of what's out there so you know better what is good and what isn't instead of being in, stuck in, in a certain place so that's that's a positive thing for you um although it probably comes at a certain cost right but i'm trying to um come up with reasons why IT consultants are so popular with companies. I'm not talking about freelancers. Like, what makes it that? That, that is uh, a very good question. Okay. Uh, I think that um, in general, um, companies have many difficulties to attract uh, IT people. Um, we we are a highly sought after uh, job. We, we do things that uh, most people cannot do. Um, so we are a very specific um, role that we have to fill. And in general, companies seem to have difficulties to attract people uh, in, in software development. Um, depending on, on which company or which um, 
de, like de, de culture of the company, they, they will work with, um, with consultancy companies. And consultancy companies do make it easier for um, people like me or uh, in general uh, the younger generation of developers um, because in general they are more flexible. Um, you have more choice. Um, you want to work on which projects do you want to work? Um, Mm -hmm. Most projects are um, limited in time and scope. So, uh, can we come back to to a very yeah. important statement? I think you made was um, you said companies have difficulty. Um, did you say finding people or attracting people or keeping people? So, what's going on then? Uh, so, there is a small pool. So, the the demand side is larger than the. Um, uh, offer side, so uh, there, there are fewer developers than there are developer roles to fill. So there is like a mismatch there. Um, is that the core issue that, that causes companies not to be able to attract uh, talent? I think it's, it's part of the problem, but it's, it's surely not the only problem. Because even when um, companies find uh, developers, find IT people, um, you see in a lot of companies that there is a lot of, um, I don't know the, the English word, uh, verloop. So a lot of people mm -hmm. coming in and leaving the company after a few years, a few months even. Mm -hmm. um, I, I so think attracting it's called attrition. Is, attrition could be. I, I'm going to look it so, up. Uh... <laughs> the, um, finding people is one thing, but um, keeping people, I think, is the most difficult part as a company. Because when you uh, offer a lot of um, enough money, people will come because will, eh, it, it pays a lot. So I, I can take whatever they throw at me. I will just do it for the money. And then, so finding people is um, depending on how much you want to spend. Not really that difficult. Everyone has a price. So uh, if you have enough money, uh, you, you can find the people. Uh, problem is. Um, when you attract people and they leave after a few months or a few years and that is something that uh, a lot of companies um, relying on consultancy firms and that's why i think excel is um, meets this requirement um, from these companies is that um, the idea of excel is to put or place the the consultant in that company and keep the consultant there after two years. That's the whole idea that you uh, become a, a real employee of, of that company. But how does Excelus that... solve for the problem? Like, what, what does Excelus do that would make a talent um, not want to leave after a few months? Actually, I want to go back uh, all the way. Like you, you said a lot <laughs> of things back. like uh, well, just let's go back to the core of the problem. You say, uh, you know, you can pay people a lot of money, but uh, although this might be an incentive to join, it will rarely be an incentive to stay. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that that's the biggest question, and the question there is motivation, right? What, what keeps you motivated to keep working at that specific company? Um, because we are all, um, like, you know, Stack Overflow, all, uh, every year they uh, launch a survey mm -hmm. uh, 
voor, voor developers. En I think like 60% of 70% of developers acknowledge that they work uh, on coding projects in their free time. Mm-hmm. So most developers really love developing software. They like writing code, they like solving problems, they, even in their spare time, they, they keep studying, they keep developing stuff. So it, 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 in, in my mind, it, it takes a quite a special kind of company to take this person that really <laughs> likes programming and really loves to write code and put them in a place. They're like, no, I, I don't care how much money you give me for this. I will not work here. I will not do this thing I really love for you in this place for that amount of money. I will not do it. <laughs> This is uh, okay. This is really you, you, this you is know. Uh, this is so deep. This is deep. Yeah, this is deep. <laughs> but but you, uh, you, you know the stories, right? You, you know people that left good paying jobs um, because just because of the, the situation they were put in. Well, um, let me. If I can, um, so the the consult consultancies or consult consult well, yeah, consultancies, right? <laughs> um, so some of them, and I'm not going to say all of them. Uh, actually, a few that do offer uh, something special, like what you describe, uh, when they could possibly place you in different, even different roles, if you want to get some really overall. Uh, um, uh, a mixed experience uh, to prepare you to be, for example, uh, for uh, management or for different roles uh, that would be a bit uh, higher, where that would be difficult for someone to do it by themselves. Um, because if you're a developer, you're going to get developing jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Jobs in development. Yeah. So you stay in one place. But they have the possibility to say, well, we're going to place you here for one year and here for six months of this type of job, meaning you won't be developing here, you'll be doing something else. And in this one, you're going to acquire this type of skill. So you find yourself within two or three years, you could achieve really a, a, a all-rounded type of uh, skill set to, to take on, on uh, a bit of, uh, uh, what I call higher roles, but okay, it's, it's, it's different, um, a bit different. Um, uh, different uh, capabilities. Um, mm-hmm. That's I can I can see the what's been attractive about these companies from the perspective of the employee. I mean, it, they do bring value to you. Uh, what value they bring to the company looking for the customer, the the the, the talents. That I don't see. I don't see how that works um, or if that's efficient. Wait, wait, what, who, what, which part do you not see? So, so for example, um, um, a consultancy will place an employee uh, at the, um, uh, at the customer, customer's uh, premises, right? Mm-hmm. So the customer here, what benefit do they have when they get that person? They have a bit, a, a small benefit, if you ask me, I could, I could name one or two, but what benefit do they have to to get this person that would be there for just a temporary time, you know, when they may need someone for a longer time? 
Yes, I, I have some, uh, you know, th there are some advantages. You could add some uh, um, capacity to meet uh, peak demand, you know. Um, you know, it's like just-in-time resource allocation. If you're yeah. a very efficient organization, like, you know, you know what you're doing. You can allocate a little bit ahead of time, make sure you, you get the surplus peak out of the way. Um, secondly, I think in terms of administrative things, payroll is is a longer term commitment and <clears throat> you don't, uh, I mean, bringing a consultant, whether they're freelancing or uh, from a consultancy company is, uh, is less of a commitment. Um, and I think in the short run, cheaper might not be the same thing in the in the long run uh, but i think that's about it or oh yeah maybe like bringing consultants uh is also bringing in um industry best practices because like you said in the beginning consultant will typically have been working on more projects than uh people on payroll so they bring in experience from different companies as well um that's where I see the the advantage of, of working with uh, those companies. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, these are again the, the, there is advantages, but me to me it's not a lot. But anyway, that's not. I think that's not the we're deviating a bit. But I do I do like something that Huron uh, mentioned here. So yeah, so this developer, this is the ones that they're not preparing themselves to be. You know, and it's in a, in a special role in the future. They're simply they love development. They love developing. They love programming. So, what makes these people love to do this 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 uh, this activity in their spare time when they would not? Yeah, how how bad of a company? What does the company have to do? Um, how bad does this company have to do to make someone hate what they do in the free time, you know? I say, I'm not yeah, going to... all right. So um, I have a few ideas about it. Um, if you have any other ideas about it, please let me know. Uh, I would love to, to hear them from you. Um, so so one of the, the main things, um, it's also a book from, from Simon Sinek, where he says, uh, people will bear any how and any what if they believe the why. So if you have a, a clear vision as a company and you strive to complete that vision and you get people to believe that vision, then people will come work for you. If you don't have a clear vision, then mm -hmm. it, it's very difficult to attract people. You can um, attract them with money. That's like the what? Like here, you have some money. You can attract them with yeah, the how. Like, yeah, we are building a solution with this kind of software and this kind of platform. Um, and we are using using uh, agile technologies and blah, 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 blah. Um, but if you don't, um, don't have an, an end goal in mind, something to work to, something to work for, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult Sinek, to, yeah. to find people. People want, want to believe things. They want to work towards a greater goal. So if you do not give them that, then people will not stay working for you. You are this, this Simon Sinek isn't he the guy who, who does the start with why, like the yeah. the, the concentric yeah. circles, like you got to start with the why, and visions and dreams. Yeah. I I'm I'm with you. Like uh, I think he's right. I think he's right. 
Um, I'll give you an, an example that's, that's maybe a bit caricatural. Um, what does Spotify do? They give me music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's that's a thing of of these very successful companies. Uh, the the answer to the why seems to be so clear and so simple, right? Like they do this thing, and like the people that work there, you you, you know, you work at Spotify, for example. You know, why are we here? We are here to make uh, listening to music as easy as possible, as you know, uh, hassle free as possible, right? They they have a mission, and it's very easy to buy into that shared vision and dream. You're like, I'm gonna make the world better. How? Well, I'm gonna make listening to music uh, hassle free. You know, for a very small price, we're going to make it democratic. We're going to unleash music. Um, and, and they did change the world, didn't they, Spotify? Like, look, yeah. Apple followed them, Google followed them, but they, they moved they moved the world in a certain direction. Um, take another company, for example. Um, uh, let's go with Uber, another successful company. Like, What is it that they want to do? They want to help people uh, move from A to B with uh, cars that are, you know, parked ninety percent of the time. So they like let's use that surplus capacity of of vehicles on the road to, to transport people, and it's it's such a noble vision almost that you don't feel bad for these people making money and you know all the malpractice that's going on. <laughs> see that Uber is a different yeah. story, but yeah, the story I, of I, the companies is I so disagree. simple, isn't it? Okay. Please. No, I'll let you continue, but I fully disagree. Um, and this would be, have to be another time when we discuss it because it will take us out of this this um, the topic here. Okay, then let's let's have a, like a brief, uh, uh, like say why you disagree briefly, and then I disagree for the companies you mentioned uh, or some of the success that you would able you are able to get as a company um, would have. So you have to do something special to get success sometimes, right? It's very difficult to make it. As a brand new company, I want to do something new or something uh, improve people's lives. It's very, very difficult to come in and disrupt the, the, the market and, and, and be that special company. But there is a way to do it if you do something illegal. No one is doing it. You do it. You get away with it. If you manage to do that, you would have some success. And that's the success that Uber has because had they taken my car and started picking up people from A to B, I would get probably arrested in some places because that's a job of a cab, of a taxi taxi to do. Now, this guy came in out of nowhere saying, hey, wait a second, just pick up someone from A to B and you get paid for it. And the way they, they so basically they took something that would be illegal and they make it happen. The, the Spotify, well, they took what the market was really, what what's music is happening, which in this case, they, it wasn't illegal part that they've done, but where people are consuming a lot of... Um, uh, They're downloading material. music, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they kind of put a system there where, you know what, come through us, we're going to deal with these guys. You know, we, we know how to talk to these people and just give us a small subscription. And if you don't get a subscription, we're going to just, you know, get some advertise, push some advertisers at you and you can use our platform. And we'll take care of the of, of the owners. And you look at company after company after company, for them to have the success they have, especially in a, in a short time, they have done dirty illegal. As same as if I can, I say, I want to be rich. I'm going to go sell cocaine, you know, which means 
yeah, oh, that would make me rich quick. Do something illegal. But then if I say, well, I want to do the traditional way, the honest way, and not, you know, well, good luck then making it. It's really difficult. Do any exercise you want. Take a company and see if you can make it happen. It's very, very difficult, almost impossible. I like it as an idea, and it's definitely a topic we should uh, explore, um, as in uh, how things on the brink of uh, legalness, you know, like you say, with, with Uber, and the, the, the entry of Uber into the Belgian market was basically um, blocked due to legal reasons. But like you say, in other countries where Uber started doing this, you know, if you were to do that as a private in individual, it could probably land you in jail or, you know, you would be fine, definitely. So the idea of um, finding those gray areas and turning them into um, legal businesses, I think that's a very interesting theory, Matt. But I don't see how it uh, goes in against the idea of having uh, a vision. You know, the, the, okay, the, they might be bandits, like digital bandits doing things that are barely legal, but they're Robin Hood's heroes of the people, you know? And they, they have a story. And when you... Are they exclusive, mutually exclusive things? Well, look, well, first of all, once you hit the success, once you hit the success and you get rid of a lot of um, the, the difficulties of, of, of getting there, right? With, um, for example, funding, having customers and having the business that runs, then then you paint, then you, you make up a story and or you, you focus on things that would make you look really good. You know, like, yeah, we're, this car is simply parked outside. We're going to just make him run, you know? And, you know, this is the case of Uber. Now, I can give you tons of other companies, like, in the same situation, you know. But anyway, again, uh, yeah. So, okay, uh, let's ask your to, okay. To, so to get back, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, I can, I can like elaborate a little bit more yeah. about oh, the company's yeah. vision. Um, because I, I think most people uh, would agree or would say that um, a company's main goal is, is making money. Like it's, it's gaining more market share, uh, gaining profit. Um, but I, I think that that's um, basically fundamentally a wrong way to think about companies. Um, in in any case, on, on how you want to work with people, um, let me explain it a little bit. Um, when a company when a company's vision is clear to just make money to maximize profits, um, then you, you're going to attract people that will try to maximize profits as well for themselves uh, as well for the company um, and in general uh, maximizing uh, profits uh, drives maximizing efficiency right and in when you look at efficiency and just for the sake of efficiency it's dehumanizing completely de dehumanizing because every action um, you take within a company every action that needs to be done, every um, screw that needs to be turned. Um, you can define it um, as a measurement of difficulty and a measurement of time. Everything can be measured. And if everything can be measured, then everything can be optimized and everything can be planned. And from mm -hmm. the moment you start going to a system where everything is planned, then humans become resources in, in the true sense of the word. 
because it does not matter who that who that person is because he only needs to do that specific task in that specific time right so the planner or the planning department they can put humans resources onto specific tasks because they will they will be able to say uh, this person will be able to complete this task in this amount of time and it will derive uh, or maximize profits um, so in general um, employees they, they become completely interchangeable you lose every piece of, of humanity every and your value is based on how fast how much you you can do the work um, you can call it how would you call it i don't know developers as a service or something like that mm -hmm. because we like to see everything as a service mm -hmm. and when you have an external force driving your planning driving your um your work um then then you cannot you you lose completely uh, you lose the control about yourself and about what you do for a living and i think that that is one of the main things um, why why people also leave companies because they they lose themselves a, a little bit like well, i agree <laughs> I companies that, that, that drive profits they they humanize people so I don't you know if it's like you, you don't driven, feel like a person anymore so i don't yeah, i mean I don't, my question yeah. my question like is i think what's earl is thinking he's like what did this did this start just with uh, for-profit companies uh, i don't know if it started with uh, for-profit companies but I, I think it's something to think about uh, about where do we want to go well if and we think where, of where the... do we want our companies to go <laughs> If we think of cavemen, you know, who had to go out, you know, of, uh -huh. of the cave, you know, like man kind of, you know, taking the best tools okay. they have, go out there, try to find a, you know, I'm not going to say the try for a dinosaur, but okay, some big animal and, and, and try to round them and, 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 and kill them. And you lose half the team in that process. But once you get them dead, then you get back and you're, you know, you're eating meat for a few days few weeks right i mean was is that is that every time a different experience and the human part um, um the humanity still remains more than when we are going to do our jobs um from nine to five for for profits I want to I say mean, something as well. I want to add to that as well. Like, Matt, you, you're right. Like, um, well, I'm, I, I'm really made questioning. I'm just questioning. You know, I mean, for example, if you look at the women back then, women at least, they were like picking up, for example, berries, which what I'm not saying is that was what happened, but what's up, red. So, like, picking the other up gatherer were, societies, yeah, the gathering. Yeah, they were gathering stuff that was a repetitive work in that sense. Now, you could say for, for a man that was a different experience because. It was an adventure every time, uh, but I'm sh sure they didn't do it for fun. Uh, it was for survival. Um, but again, I'm just I'm just throwing you know really ideas here. I'm not not mm -hmm. saying what you say. What you yeah, said makes sense. But I, I think you know by by bringing back all the way to its essence, like you you threw it back like so far into history, and you brought to the core of being humans in in a in a tribe. Um, and if you look at companies or societies as a tribe, 
I think uh, you're you're you nailed it because I think what Jordan is describing is is the question of of a regime, okay? And you would have tribes where the regime would be towards uh, feeding the top and listening to the top. It's it's just a culture. It's literally the culture is in this tribe. The, the chief or the, the, the top dictates what's happening and we're the smartest and we're the most experienced and you listen to us and and um, you can climb your way to the top. Okay, Another tribe might have a different culture where they say, oh, we have tribe meetings and even children can have input. Uh, we, we, we value um, uh, other people's inputs. And if you think of it that way, I think neither of these regimes or cultures could be said to be the, the right one or the wrong one. They just exist because we can compare the stricter regime to the to the less strict regime. And we know that both can produce um, successful tribes. Um, or would you say that the most successful organizations throughout history were actually stricter? It's, it's a different uh, topic of discussion. But if you look at not the success of the tribe in terms of how large can the tribe grow and how much food can it gather and how much territory can this uh, tribe work on, okay, that's that's a success a measurement of success, right? But if your measurement of success is how happy are the people in your tribe, right? Maybe the company we call successful. You know, they might not be so successful, or the tribe where, where the tribe is is proud proud of itself because they they have, they cover such a large territory and they beat all their enemies and they have all the food, but they see like uh, young people, they just seem to wander off into into the forest, you know, to start their own tribes or find a different tribe because they don't want to be there because they don't see a way to the top. Uh, they don't feel like they're being listened to. They feel like they're being left out of everything. And they're just being turned into um, uh, ticket shovelers and pixel pushers. And uh, they're being dehumanized, as Joran says, because part of being human is uh, our, uh, our extremely developed cognitive capabilities over that of other animals on the planet. And I think by um, reducing your contribution to to the tribe, to your physical labor, uh, in this case, you know, software development, you know, we, we, we look at it as, as uh, physical labor. If you reduce it to that, just execution, I think you end up where Joran uh, is, you know, saying, like, I don't feel like a human. I feel like I'm capable of, of more than just um, executing orders. Is this a good description, Joran? Yeah. So if you take it all the way back to the beginning uh, of the episode. Um, then we, we talked about motivation, right? Why, why do people keep working at an organization or why uh, do people leave uh, a company? And if you look at motivation, um, there are always three three things that, that come up, like the, the ABC model of motivation, it's, uh, which stands for uh, autonomy. So people uh, need to be autonomous, they need to uh, be able to take uh, decisions for their own. Uh, the second one is, is belonging. So they have the, the need to feel they, they belong to a larger group. Uh, they need to feel respected. Uh, 
they need to feel um, at home. And the third one is competence. Right? If, if uh, the competence level is too high, um, you, you won't feel safe. Um, you won't achieve uh, what is requested of you. If it's too low, uh, then you will get bored and you will start looking for something else. Um, and in mostly in highly hierarchical companies, we see that these three motivation needs are, are just reduced to, to nothing. Right? Because your manager will tell you what to do. You have no, you have no autonomy. Um, when you focus on, on results, um, like you can say every year the, the, the bottom 10% uh, will get cut from the company because they, they are not productive enough. So you, you have lost your feeling of belonging because if you don't, uh, don't adhere to the results of the company, you will just be thrown away. Mm-hmm. And the only they thing there is that stays there is, is your competence level. Depending on if you're happy on your function, you can either be on your competence level or in my feeling, uh, in most of these uh, bigger, uh, very... Uh, hierarchical companies um, where seniority is the most prevalent thing to uh, to rise within the company, um, then you will reach a level um, where you, you are not competent for. So everyone will be unhappy at, at one moment or another. Yeah, there's a there's a name for that. The isn't guys. It? There's like uh, something's law. Like you'll you'll keep getting promoted until the point where you're incompetent. And that's why the people at the top, they end up being incompetent people because you, you can't yeah, right. go up any uh, higher, but you can't also be sent any lower. Okay. So if you combine these three things um, with the previous things, I think uh, when we look at uh, within IT companies at the, the agile story, um, where we combine uh, developers with analysts, with uh, business people, with salespeople, um, and we create separate smaller teams uh, that contain every function when we have these teams um, consider their own planning be in control of their own uh, schedule uh, of their own output um, with the, the I, I think the most important part is without external uh, external control because from the moment you put external control on a process like this uh, you lose complete autonomy um, and you will end up with a planning schedule um, enforced onto you and you will lose a lot of motivation. Surely we can't so, be paying people to just do whatever they want, Joran. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna like imagine I have a company and I, I hired like five hundred people and I've split them up into tribes of fifty and it's like go do whatever you want. Like how does that even how does that even make me money? <laughs> How does that work? Uh, uh, right. Uh, how does something like that work? So, um, of course, you, you you have some people that that stake out the market, um, search for clients, search for customers for your company. Um, but then again, um, when you find a customer or a client that is interested, uh, you, you can you can put a, a whole team on on that customer or on on a certain product you are developing. Right, and then of, of course there are requirements and of course there will be some kind of deadline. But it's, it's a whole different story when um, 
the team itself gets a say in where the deadline is. Mm -hmm. right? you, you, you can put arbitrary deadlines on, on teams and it does not matter. It, 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 it is just a date. It's not because someone, a manager higher up set a date that the work will, will be will be possible within the time span. The people yeah. that, that know when the, the project will be done are the people themselves that are working on the project. Um, uh, yeah, giving giving them the responsibility to to finish in time, to to create contracts with the customer. But this this guy I, I, is I advocating that, 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 that's that a they treat, way of working. Yeah. He is advocating that people be treated like adults. This isn't going I, I to think go, so. It's <laughs> not going to go down very well. I think so. I <laughs> like, think so. I, and we cannot have it. Eh? Yeah, we, we cannot have, have this right now. No, sorry. This no, is better. Better extreme. we, we, we no, no. pay people to not let them think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incredible. I'm sorry, sorry Matt, you want to say something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. On a on a on a serious note. So what what so yeah, what you say makes sense. Uh, I think it's. Um, too uh, realistic. Uh, it's not uh, practical in all cases. I mean, it, it could, it could, you could make it work. You could give some examples when that works, but in the uh, in the structure of of um, of how companies we said for profits are uh, in the capitalistic um, world we live in, it's it's really really difficult to to achieve but this is where um i'll give my example at least um and this is where your employers will hate me um i get the abcs in the freelance job that i do i mean i get my the autonomy um that comes with time when you are able to solve problems that means i'm autonomous in the solution i do i provide for example in most cases um you know sometimes you hear you have interferences but that's part of the life not being perfect and Got the it. um the belonging well i belong in my own you know small company that has a small mission at that moment of 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 fulfilling the uh, the engagement that they have with uh company you know a or company b or company c and that has a uh, a beginning and an end, you know, and if that if that collaboration is going good and being productive for both parties, that will go for a long time, and that could be cut short if if um, you know if we're not happy, if either one of the parties is not happy, and then. But that's know, not as much autonomy as it is as it is like you ha you can walk away, right? But I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah please go ahead. No, I, the I, autonomy I part. Well, okay. Autonomy part. I'll, I'll put it this way. I mean, because these are all psychological things uh, in in a person. I'll, I'll add the autonomy part. I mean, uh, Earl, you know me, and you know, like I'm active outside of of the work that we do, in 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 other projects, and that's the autonomy part. Because you could pick up that autonomy somewhere else, and it doesn't have to come from your. Ah, I get it. Okay, at, at so work. basically, what Med is saying is, you can find meaning and purpose thing outside of like the, the the sense of being autonomous. Doesn't need to particular like if you're in a in a rigid structure, 
one possible solution is to find uh, that autonomy outside of the structure. Is that correct, Matt? Exactly. So it's it just the obligations of life. I have responsibilities for my family, for example. I have to provide for them. So I have to be a bit more, um, have to take on, uh, I, I have to lower my comfort sometimes, you know, to be able to work with other people and other organizations. And I could... I could um, minimize that one, or 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 do that, um, or do that in um, in a in a. Uh, I mean, fulfill the other parts in uh, uh, in the site in the site project, for example. That's how I see it. And the okay. so and the third one, yeah, the competence part. That yeah, you are obviously when you get. Uh, I think with with time when you're solving problems. Um, that remains. I think. I think with the freelance part, it's it's it averages itself, right? Meaning you're not going to be there and not being productive at all, or if you are too bored, well, it, it's up to you to step away. I I personally, I'm giving this example. I'm not saying like everyone needs to be to do what I do, but to me, I find my comfort in these three that you mentioned, which are really important, like really really important. Like people need to reflect on these. Um, I find my my comfort in, in in this structure that I have for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think what you say is very true. Like we, we have this, um, it, it's a scale, right? Uh, some people need uh, more autonomy or more belonging than other people. And indeed, I myself I find myself in, in a situation where um, certain needs were not met uh, at an organization or at a company, but uh, you have some extracurricular activities uh, where you do find these things and that keeps you going. Right? Um, but seeing this, this in a whole um, on why um, companies have, have, a, have a lot of difficulties attracting developers or keeping developers. Um, it, it, it's never a complete story, right? But it, it's part of the story. And I think Losing motivation on, on any of these three topics, or um, not, in, not having a vision uh, to work towards within that company, um, is, is a very big factor why people leave companies. Can I be a devil's advocate here for a second? Always. <clears throat> okay. So uh, there's this thing called the Maslovian pyramid, right? Um, first, uh, you need to find food, like shelter, water, safety, or something, you know, I forget. You can always look it up. But in this ABC of things, aren't the ABC important in our society because um, we solve for H, which is hunger? So if you live, you know, we, we live in, in, in abundance and wealth to the point that we feel like, you know, aside from doing our job, we, we pursue happiness. We pursue joy in our work. What a luxury position, no? So uh, yes, it is. Okay, I'm. I'm not saying it detracts from like we. It, that's where humanity as a whole should evolve towards. But it's it's more of a luxury thing, isn't it? I'm. I can imagine. Like I had a discussion with Matt some time ago about. Um, uh, you know, imagine there, there's people on. on in places on the planet who are doing jobs where the, the ABC are not inside. It's like XYZ there, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, you mean yes, Google? I don't mean Google, man. I mean, uh, there's people who, who, like kids who work in, in mineral mines or, you know, melting gold out of uh, discarded computer hardware mm-hmm. and working with chemicals. And they didn't get to, well, I think they don't get to think about ABC. Maybe they have an extreme sense of belonging and autonomy and competence. They could be, but we have it so good, especially as software people. Like also, we, we discussed this with, with, uh, with the IT recruiter, Greg, uh, in an earlier episode. It's like, we have it so good that maybe we've come a little bit too um, spoiled that we don't appreciate how, how good we have it. And also, like you say, um, we're sought after. So we get, we get to be picky, you know, when there is maybe people out there, you know, I hear people telling me, I, I, I've been looking for a job for two years. And it makes you think like, how can you be looking for a job for two years? I mean, you, you need to chase away the, the, the recruiters. Yeah. So if a person like that finds a job, how, Quickly, are they going to complain about the ABCs? Or maybe, maybe again, I'm conflating two things, which is one of them is, okay, I, I got work, but I'm not happy, right? And we, we're, in the, we're in the luxury position to look for the, the feeling humanized part as well. Yeah, we, we are in a luxury position. Um, we are, that's the, the just the reality. So we, we don't need our basic needs fulfilled because we have that security. So we need to have the next level of needs fulfilled, mm-hmm. which in a lot of companies, we don't. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't have to think about the, the food, the, the shelter, all, all these kind of things, because that's, that's just a given for us and it, it, it it is a luxury position, yes, which, it is. Which is, but which it is, is a position where companies, it, it, it's a reality. So you you have to accept it, and you have to play onto reality. Well, to me, it sounds like it's it's us being human beings, right? A human being will always strive to improve their situation. And sometimes it may be, uh, we do it in a negative way. Um, example would be you buy, you buy the iPhone 12. As soon as the iPhone 13 comes out, you have a, a bad taste, right? A bad feeling that you oh, don't have. That I did not see one. that coming, man. Oh, <laughs> Apple. You know, How well, nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's again. So, again <laughs> so we do have certain things that may not be, yeah. as you may mean, we have something that may not be fair. But yeah, that's fine. We are at, any situation we would look to be even better we're not going to stop and maybe sometimes we do need to slow down and reflect and still look for better not saying we have to stop but so it's okay if we are if we have it good if we are spoiled that's fine there's no no problem with that um and it's okay at that point to start looking at how could this this relationship with us and companies be even better that's fine. There's no problem with that still. Um, as long as your acceleration to the next improvement is reasonable and does not does not make you um, 
uh, fall into I don't know some uh, like um, where you're you're labeled different or well, it could be different. That's fine. Huh? But again, be not comfortable. Get you into places where people do not want to work with you. And you might be right. It could be that situation where the whole world is mm -hmm. wrong and you are the only one. When career. you're ahead of the curve, you know? Yeah, it could be. It's like those people who were um, uh, the suffragettes movement. When they first started, people were like, oh, look at these you know, weird women. Why, why, why can't you just sit at home? And they're like, no, we want equal rights. We want voting rights, things like that. So they were, they were considered pariahs. And I think that's a very good point, Matt, in that um, uh, culture doesn't always, like, I'm not talking about the company culture, maybe also company culture doesn't always carry um, uh, visionary, innovative thinkers that are ahead of the curve. Um, but on the other hand, it's when you're uh, ahead of the curve, you usually carry with you the responsibility yeah, of um, uh, spreading the gospel or spreading the vision, spreading the idea. You do that as well, uh, which is not always beneficial for yourself, like Matt says. Well, it's like you'll be taking one, you know, one for the team, right? Because you're ahead. Mm -hmm. You may be right, but hey, you won't, you won't be comfortable. And that's mm -hmm. a ju judgment you have to make for yourself because you have limited time. <laughs> or resource, you're going to call it, uh, and you're not going to get extra time. Huh? Uh, so you want to spend your life fighting that fight, which, yeah, you could be right, or you could find some sort of comfort where you say, hey, I do have it a bit better than someone else. I do have a few improvements in front of me that I will do in, in uh, you know, uh, gradually. Um, again, it's, 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 it's a, it's a human, yeah. It's self, you know. It's self-reflection and psychology of the of the of the of the person, actually. Uh, but what what you mentioned, I mean, when you, yeah, the ABC part is definitely something that would work for the mass, right? Uh, we could think of, yeah, there would be exceptions, but for the masses, that would uh, that would, um, I think, more companies need to be um, need to do an effort in that in that aspect. Okay, uh, I, I really like where this uh, discussion took us, and um, I one of the things I really enjoy doing and talking about is cultures within companies, um, because I think the culture of a company is very defining for whether or not it's going to be successful, like depending on on what your yardstick for for success is, uh, but. Um, for example, I think the, the, the company of a culture will uh, foster uh, innovation or destroy it, but it will also, for example, increase the, the rate of burnouts or actually dampen burnouts. Um, and I'm a strong believer that the culture needs to be imbued with a dream. I could be maybe like a... Uh, wishy-washy new age uh, BS that I'm um, promoting here, but I'm all the way in your camp, Joran. I believe in the saying that don't tell people to build a ship. Tell them what lies beyond the ocean. Okay? We're, the, the point is we're not building a ship. Yes, indeed. We're, we're going across the ocean. And this, I feel, is... One of the key ways to, to get people on board, 
is is believing in in this made up story, you know, and it's a fun thing to do, and it's a fun thing to belong to. It, it's almost like being children again, where you say, okay, now we're we're in the spaceship. This is a spaceship, okay, and it's just a box, but it's a spaceship, and you're you're enjoying that that creative moment with with a group of people who who believe in this in this shared reality. And that adds a lot of power. We only need to think about, um, you know, a, a concept called imagined communities in uh, spread across the globe. There are people who read certain magazines or watch certain videos, but they have a sense of belonging because they share this um, this made-up reality that that they all believe in. And if you can't have that in your culture, in in your company. It's a big loss. The company needs to have a story that's that you know speaks to the imaginations of people. Uh, and like I say, you know, making, yeah, go ahead, Matt. Please stop well, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like yeah, what you say sounds really good, and that's what we see now. Um, yeah, a lot of. Uh, Companies are trying to find a purpose and, and integrate a purpose to, into their, their 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 culture or their image, and uh, a lot of times it's fake, and it remains that a company is for profit. True, and but this is like a lot of companies who say they're they're agile, right? But that's also fake. So, in you 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 can see through it. No, agile could be something else, but to, to me to say, uh, well, yeah, we do this for this greater, you know, for, for the good of, of such an, you know, uh, initiative. To me, that simply, it contradicts. You really cannot, as, it's as if you have two goals, two goals, two targets, and you yeah, try you're to, right. yeah, to hit you're, them both, right? Yeah, you're right. And what you do is like, you say, well... You know, on the way to that, I'm going to try to, you know, be cautious about, you know, the environment, for example. But, you know, that's hit you. That's going to hit you, you know, in, in your in your uh, profitability, right? For sure. Uh, it may be a small impact, uh, but a lot of companies simply, even big companies, uh, simply make it a, uh, like an image, just it's a way of marketing, <laughs> You know, they do an effort. It's not, not they're not, not doesn't mean they're doing their lying. They're not, um, they're not fully lying. But <laughs> the, um, uh, their main again, a, a company is for profit. And Look, I, 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 would, I challenge me, people. Uh, I yeah. challenge. Sorry to add this last one. I challenge people who say, you know what? Maybe we should have certain things not being for profit. Which I, I'm, I'm really challenge people. But I'm, I would love to see it. I really would love to see it where. People come together to do something great, and it's not for profit. Well, okay, first of all, the city I, I can give an example. You, but the examples are plenty. You know, I'm, not, I'm just going to say Linux. What were you going to say, uh, Joran? There is a in in the Netherlands a company called Buurtzorg, which is a, an organization uh, about I think ten thousand nurses uh, for home nursing patients. Um, there are uh, 10,000 people. They do not have an accounting department. They do not have a planning department. They work in individual teams, about 10 to 12 people, and they do everything. 
themselves in, in individual teams. They do not have C levels. Uh, they have. Uh, they do not have uh, permanent staff. Uh, they are around with ten thousand people. Well, how does this thing uh, organize they, itself? Um, they organize. Um, they have a huge internet, and that's about it. And they they learn from each other and from the other teams. Okay, this like before this is goes into a discussion on uh, um, organizational structuring. Uh, I want to go back to to Matt's point about you know say, uh, are these people driven by vision? They are driven by um, I am a nurse and I want to help people. Yeah, as much as the cynic in me agrees with Matt, the idealist in me also agrees with you. I mean, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, and this is this is really nice to hear, right? As far as you know, there's, you see these initiatives, uh, and when you say non for uh, non for uh, not for profit, what I mean is that you could be like you have a structure just like as a company, but then it does not you don't have to strive for it to make more money this year than the previous year. I mean, whatever you make, what well, put it back into that same company or those those people um, that are making. You know, uh, uh, that are uh, making, uh, doing the actual work to be creative for them instead of for them working uh, eight hours for them to, to work only seven hours the next time. And you you correct, you know, you correct with time. So you really have the same structure as a company, but you don't have the obligation that the world has given now, has put on all these companies for them to, for their profit to increase. The profit do not have to increase. It's okay if you break even. Mm-hmm. Which is what the world is is missing today. It's uh, if you break yes, even, I, I you lose. That, that, that's the the, mm-hmm. yeah, the key point to take away. That you, you don't have to make money. You just have to be able to well break even or to survive. As a exactly. Okay. Uh, so a topic for a different podcast will be um, greed-driven economy, the ever-growing uh, GDP. Uh, the impact. Oh boy! <laughs> wow, Joran. Um, look, uh, we filled up around one hour. Uh, this was, I think, this was a very uh, interesting discussion. Very yeah, interesting this was very fun. Yeah. So, um, are there any uh, things you'd like to say before we wrap up? Um, let me think. Maybe one final thing about uh, consultancy companies that offer people the chance to work at different projects and stuff. Um, it's very easy for a company to restructure internally and to, to move an employee to another team or another project. So you can you can actually do consultancy within the same company, right? Mm-hmm. And that might also be uh, one thing to... To keep if the organization is just capable of carrying that. Yeah, that's actually a very good tip. Yeah. Like, so maybe a new way of thinking. Hey, Matt, um, what did you think of this episode? I, I think it was great. I think it, it, it got it got deep. It, uh, it triggered, um, you know, the psychology in the everyday, in the professional uh, uh, daily life of, um, of people, like of developers. Um, and, and yeah, I just I hope you know, um, decision makers kind of are aware of this stuff 
because it you can easily get, Man, get you know you know how many people we reach like people at the United Nations listen to us <laughs> wow so we're, gonna I, I drive sure hope so. we're driving policy <laughs> that's the shared yeah. dream we have here yeah. but it's, it's yeah. really it's really interesting and I uh, yeah you're an I'm you know I I, uh, I, I, I salute you for the uh, you know all the input you gave us it, they're really uh, they're really good um, you know Spot on. Yeah. So, if other people want to salute you, Joran, where could they reach you? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. probably. Or, um, well, I don't think I'm going to give my email address and phone number. <laughs> this very public podcast <laughs> with thousands of listeners Millions. all over the world. So, uh, you can probably find me on LinkedIn uh, under Joran okay. Spilt. I'll link you uh, when we post this episode right, on LinkedIn. You. Okay, Master Med, where can people find you? Um, my website, madmed.com. That's M-A-D-M-E-D.com. Okay, and I'm Errol Baikal. You can find me on B-A-Y-K-L.be, Baikal.be. So, uh, Joran, thanks again for being here. Well, thank you people. for inviting me. Very welcome, and I hope we get you uh, for a second episode as well. And for all of our listeners at home, in the car, in the shower, while you're at lunch, whatever you listen to us, thank you for listening, and we hope to catch you in a different episode. Bye. Take care, guys.